0: Well, hello everybody. This is Hal.
1: And this is Melanie.
0: And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And this week we're coming to you from North Topsail Beach, North Carolina,
1: where we've been at a church retreat, which has been so much fun. It's been fun to get away with everybody and to talk and to get to know one another. But you know, one thing that has come up on my radar, Hal, is I've talked to several people in the past just month mm-hmm. who have estranged family members adult kids who who haven't spoken to them in years parents who haven't spoken to them in years and and it grieves me you know it, it's made relationships get right at the forefront of my mind
0: and this is the time of year when traditionally families are gathering together even those who are not on the warmest of terms and so it, it seems appropriate to to be thinking about that because you know this week coming into thanksgiving and all the rest you know there's there's opportunities there opportunities to to do well and opportunities to stumble maybe and so
1: there really are and you know there's kind of several levels there uh-huh. there's relationship with each other as husband and wife right the relationship with our kids And then right. the relationship with our extended family mm-hmm. and there's kind of opportunities and pitfalls in each during the holiday season the opportunity is we're going to spend more time together Mm -hmm. you know our extended families coming in all of our adult kids are coming into town you know parents grandparents we're all gonna be gathering this week we're gonna be gathering several times over the holidays Mm -hmm. and so there's an opportunity there there's an opportunity you know i remember someone once said every time you speak to someone you love you have an opportunity to make that relationship a little bit stronger or to make it a little bit weaker.
0: Well, it, you know, I think it was uh, uh, Stephen Covey talked about an a, like an emotional bank account in relationships. That when you when you have positive affirming, affirming kind of uh, interaction, that's like de- making a deposit into that account. And the times when you're under stress, when and sometimes it's unavoidable. There's times when you have to draw down that account. You know that that times are difficult. People have to make sacrifices or forgive something and and you really want that account to be balanced on the positive side, you know, to say that one shock is not going to sink the boat.
1: We've got to make sure there's enough in that relationship mm-hmm. bank account to pay the bills when they come due, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, because there there will be difficult times. That's just life in a fallen world.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I think one thing that it's important to think about as we move into the holiday season mm-hmm. is stress and the effect that stress can have on our relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, because... We're busy. You know, I'm cooking for 16 people this week. You know, we're busy. And also we've got Black Friday coming up with our with our own um, businesses Mm -hmm. sales. And so, yeah, my stress level is pretty high. And I think I remember you saying that stress was like water.
0: It'll find every crack in your character.
1: Yes, if there's the slightest Mm -hmm. crack in your character, it'll come pouring out.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing that comes to my mind is what they taught us when I worked for the power company. They they talked to us about error-likely situations, times when you are under stress, when the situation is unsettled or uncomfortable or non-optimal in some way, and recognizing that that means your, your decisions are going to be a little more questionable, you know, that you've got a greater opportunity of making a a tragic mistake. Now the power company we talk about killing somebody, you know, energizing a line while somebody's working on it that that would be a fatality, but sometimes we have relationship fatalities too, you know. Yeah. And and you know, being aware of the fact that this is, I mean, a joyful occasion. We're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, we're going to celebrate Christmas, we're going to see relatives that we haven't seen for a while, or kids coming home from college. That that's a joyful thing. And yet it is outside of our normal routine. It does present an unsettling aspect. And we need to recognize if we're not careful, we can make a serious mistake. We can, we are in an error-likely situation, even if we don't intend it. And so, um, you know, just being aware of that, to say, say, even in the joyful times of life, if the situation is different than our everyday lives... We need to be on on guard. We need to be on our best behavior.
1: Yeah, we need to keep that in our mind. You know, we need to 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 make sure that that's part, that that's on our, on our minds, even in the midst of the stress. That when I'm rushing around the kitchen and the kids are helping me, that I'm thinking about the way I'm talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm considering it. You know, a verse that really helps me mm-hmm. is um, from Proverbs 31. Um, Proverbs 31, 26, it mm-hmm. says the law of kindness is on her tongue. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to choke up thinking about this because I've thought about it so much that kindness needs to rule my tongue like a law.
0: Uh, okay.
1: You know, that that the law of kindness is on my tongue. Mm-hmm. That I do not break that law. That I That I make sure that even if I have to rebuke that i do it in a kind way. Right. You know, that even if I have to have a disagreement, that I do it in a kind way. Mm -hmm. And I want my children to think about that. When they read that verse, I want them to think about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I want them to think that was my mama. And y'all, that's not natural for me. Anger is natural for me.
0: Yeah, Right.
1: I I, I get angry so easily. And that's what my flesh would do. My Mm -hmm. flesh would pop off. How could you? Right. And yet, the the word says that the godly woman, the law of kindness mm. is on her tongue.
0: That that is just the basic principle of her conduct. That, yes. That's, that's just the mark of her character. It's the natural
1: law of that, her character. You know, like, yeah. the, the, it, it's overreaching.
0: It's, it's like the law of gravity. That yes. You, you can just depend that she's going to be kind no matter what. And, and yeah, and and that's real. You know, one thing that I thought about this this past week, uh, we all have kids, and maybe sometimes we have our own tendency. When they get under stress, they get dramatic. And I don't mean melodramatic in the sense of, woe is me, but in the sense of, oh, there's a problem. We have a crisis. A huge problem.
1: A giant problem. It's not really a giant problem, but it becomes... Big in their minds.
0: And, you know, I made this observation to some of the kids the other night. I said, you know, my experience tells me that you almost never improve a situation by adding drama to it. There are dramatic situations. You know, sometimes there are things which are, you know, help. The car is on fire. That is dramatic. Yes. But taking a situation and boosting the drama, you know, making it more crucial, more critical, more stressful, really doesn't help anything. No, it
1: doesn't.
0: And, and so, you know, that's something to be aware of because when we get under stress, maybe it's the stress of cleaning up the house or the stress of...
1: Oh, we're about to face that. We've got everybody coming in the next couple of days. We're about to have some serious...
0: And this is like a serious crisis, okay? <laughs> so right? It
1: feels that way.
0: Well, it's easy to slip into that. And, 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 so...
1: and so I have to, before I speak to my children, before I speak to you, honey, no. I have to take a couple of deep breaths.
0: Uh-huh. And when
1: you do that, you get more oxygen in your brain, which helps you think. Right. It makes you take a second and think, is what, coming out of, is what is coming out of my mouth glorifying to God and going to build this relationship, or is it going to make things worse?
0: You know, one of the hallmarks of mature adulthood and, and Christian character, I think, is the ability to put yourself in another person's mind, you know, to, to, to think to oneself, how is this going to sound to the person I'm about to speak to? you know, try to train our kids to do that. You know, it doesn't come naturally. It's not something that small children just aren't capable of taking somebody else's perspective.
1: And, you know, I think something we have to really be careful of as parents is we get angry and we want our children to change something. And we think that we're going to motivate them with our anger and our smart mouth. Uh And yet the word of God says, the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. God promised us that our anger would not end in righteousness. And if our goal is for our children to be righteous and to do what's right, God promised us our anger was not going to do it. Well, we want to be righteous. We do. Not
0: so that we win, but rather we want to be pleasing to God. We want to have character that is, that is is God-honoring, therefore righteous. And, of course, the Lord is our righteousness. I mean, ultimately our righteousness before God's judgment throne is the righteousness which he gives us but our daily conduct we are called to act in that fashion to seek after it to pursue peace and pursue it and
1: by the way that's James 1:20
0: yes yes about the wrath of man yeah and and so you know we need to be striving
1: after that and and we need to realize it's not going to accomplish what we think it's going to accomplish neither is belittling or name calling you know, sometimes we, we talk to people who, whose parents tried belittling them and calling them names and in anger in managing them, and it and it deeply wounds them.
0: Well, I think, you know, speaking as a man, I know that I had examples and leaders in my young life that anger and, uh, sarcasm and, and criticism were, were, just their, their tools in the trade. And, you know, some of those I respected and some of those, you know, taught me important lessons, coaches, you know, band directors, teachers of different sorts. But at the same time, I have to recognize that the relationship you have with that outside person is different than the one you have with your parents, it is. you know, to say if the coach, if the coach calls you a bad name out on the field, you get mad with him.
1: But and, my mama still loves me.
0: But it doesn't hurt the same way as feeling like this is the person who, who I, I should be able to trust and who should be loving to me. And I should be, I should feel safe around my parent. And this parent is like tearing into me unjustly or speaking unkindly.
1: And yeah, I think lots of times the parents mean well, How? I think moms in particular think, oh no. I don't want to give them, I don't want to give them a spanking. So I'm going to, instead, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm just going to fuss at them. I don't want to, I want to be merciful. But we forget that, you know, I got plenty of spankings growing up. I don't, I don't remember what it felt like. No. But words can be replayed and do the same damage that they did the first time. All through your life.
0: And a lot of times you have no idea how those words are landing with your child because no. they may not show it. You may stumble into something that they have a deep rooted fear about that they haven't even been willing to discuss with you. And then if you lash into them with that, that might just destroy something inside. And,
1: and, and you know, here, yep. and we're talking mainly about little kids. Hmm. But. Well, I'm not. Yeah.
0: I'm talking about older kids.
1: Well, but I'm thinking yeah, let's talk just one second about adult kids. okay, let's do. You need to be really, really careful with those kids that are seventeen, eighteen, twenty two because y'all they can walk away. and you mm-hmm. may never see them again.
0: And unfortunately, we hear the stories all the time. and not just from people out of the thousands at a conference, but I mean people in our in our circle of friends, but people close up and local who have kids who have just, for one reason or another, have taken offense, whether it's the parent's fault or, or something else, they've taken offense and they have cut off the communication. They have cut off the relationship. You know, that is like an emotional fatality. And we need to be sure, you know, you know to some extent, we can't be responsible for others' behavior, especially as adults.
1: But, but as the older adult, the more mature Christian we should be the one building up and repairing and restoring relationships, not destroying them.
0: Let's make sure that, that at the very minimum, we are not causing offense. We're not, yes. it, that if anybody's angry with us, then it is an unjust anger.
1: Right. You
0: know, that's not something that we have provoked. And so, um, yeah, so we need to be aware of that kind of thing. And and that, I, I think you, you make a good point. I mean, you're talking little children, you're talking big children, you're talking adult children. And the way that you discipline them has to change as they grow and mature. But relationships can be destroyed at any point.
1: They really can. And and folks, I don't want any of you to go through the pain that we have seen in some of the folks that we've counseled with and talked to. I don't want you to go through that pain, the pain of a broken relationship with your child, mm. because I just. It's worse than death in some ways. And and so mm-hmm. let's work on controlling him. But, you know, Al, it's time to take a short break.
0: And, and you know what? I'm just thinking this is really appropriate because our sponsor has a message. We all need more kindness in our lives. It's the truth. And so let, let, let's listen in from our sponsor. We've got a short break, and then we'll be right back. Hello, neighbor. This Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Please, won't you be my neighbor? It only takes one person. We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? To inspire a world of kindness. There are many things you can do. Based on the true story of the friendship between Mr. Rogers and a cynical journalist. You love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help and that's okay. Starring Tom Hanks and Matthew Rhys. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know that each one of them is precious. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. In theaters November 22nd, where tickets and showtimes go to resources.abeautifulday.movie. I appreciate that word from my sponsor. I want to just say a word about that. We previewed this film uh, several weeks ago, and it's very good.
1: I loved it. And, you know, it's not perfect, but it was so, it was so thought-provoking, and it would be a great thing to take your teenagers or your adult mm-hmm. kids to, your parents, mm-hmm. because it's about relationships, Mm-hmm. and restoring relationships and it would be a great thing to 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 take them to because it's going to spark some fantastic discussion
0: yeah and, and you know what if your kids haven't grown up watching mr rogers then you might even want to watch two or three episodes beforehand just to kind of get the feel of yeah this is the context that this story is going to unfold because yes. it's not just it's not just about the program but it's about it's about relationships about broken relationships and the need for reconciliation for kindness and love and yes. uh, you know and that's not something that goes away when you get too old to
1: watch mr. Rogers you we know, have that kindness thing and the love thing that's something that we really need to consider is the results mm-hmm. because when we have broken relationships we lose our influence
0: and that is that's something I, I think I remember the first time I had to give that advice we were at a conference and uh a father came up to me and and said, now look, I've got, I've got this conflict. I've got this conflict with my 17 year old. Um, I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. Sorry about that. But uh, he said, we've got this conflict over a rule that I put in place and, and they're just going around it and they're skirting it and they're taking shortcuts and, and they're just not honoring my directions for this. How can I double down on them and make them bring them back into line? And I said, well, you know, here's the deal. Your rule is not a bad rule, except you've got a you've got a relationship that's already on the edge, and that 17 year old knows in a very few months they can walk out that door. That's right. They can walk out and not come back, and nothing you say can bring them back. And so, at this point, you yes, you've got a problem. But I think your problem right now is to to lay the foundations for a relationship so that when they are free to go, when they feel the adult wind underneath their wings, that uh, that they will still be willing to hear from you. They'll still be willing to come to family events or to ask your advice or listen patiently when you give it unsolicited.
1: And, and you know, those same things apply to our own brothers and sisters and our parents. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if we allow the relationship to be broken, then we lose all influence over them. You know, we talk about we want them to come to Christ. Right. But if we allow the relationship to be broken, we can't, we can't share with them. We can't live Christ in front of them, even without a word, Mm -hmm. you know, because we've lost contact and that it can be tempting during the holidays because sometimes the people who know us best are best at jerking our chains around. In fact, sometimes that's what they want to do.
0: I mean, sadly enough, some people take a perverse kind of delight into being the troublemaker, making folks feel awkward.
1: Now, especially, I think, with unsaved family members towards saved family members. And this, Mm -hmm. I think, is why. Because I noticed a long time ago that sometimes the unsaved people I know, particularly those close to me, Mm -hmm. would say, why are you shoving your religion down my throat? And I would look back and realize I had not said one single word about religion, about God, about Jesus Christ, even about morality, Al, in the time that I spent with them. yeah, And I think I figured out what, what was going on. Yeah, I think that the Holy Spirit in me was convicting them just because they were in my presence. Mm-hmm. And so they're hearing this conviction and they think I'm saying something and I'm not.
0: It's like they've got all their shields up against, they, they're expecting you to judge them and to convict them in some way. And they and, may
1: be feeling that judgment and conviction from the Holy Spirit.
0: I mean, just as, you know, in there are times when you are, um, uh, you are expecting trouble from a person. Yes. You know, and you have had this conversation in your head a hundred times. What am I going to say if they say this? What am I going to say if they bring up that? And you've already had this argument a dozen times before you see them. And when you walk in the door and they say, hello, you have shields up. You know, you're ready for the fight. And even if it doesn't come, that's not just.
1: And and it's not just, but it happens. And I think that that is why sometimes they're jerking your chain around because they feel convicted. They feel guilty and they want you to be a hypocrite.
0: They want to take the initiative. If they think, okay, if we're going to have an argument about my girlfriend, then let's have it now. I'm ready for it.
1: And they think, well, I'll show them. They think they're better than I I am. And you know you don't think that. But they're feeling convicted. They're thinking that. And they think, well, I'll show them. I'll make them blow up. Mm -hmm. And we've got to step back and not take this stuff personally. And realize, you know what? This is not about me and them. This is about them and God.
0: And and if you think if you think through your own experience, I think you probably have had have times like that when when you think, why in the world did that set them off so badly? I mean, I didn't say anything, you know, I didn't say anything that should be offensive. I wasn't using bad language or or, or I wasn't being you know judgmental or anything. And and yet there was such a reaction. I think oftentimes we have to we have to say, you know what, the Holy Spirit was working on them, and I was just simply a a trigger to them. And it wasn't that I did anything wrong or that I was unkind or uncivil, but um, we just need to recognize that sometimes there's things people are grappling with things that we can't see yet.
1: And I think it's times like this. It helps to remember verses like blessed are the peacemakers. Right. You know that that
0: For they shall be called the children of God, the children of God.
1: Mm -hmm. And if we want to have an influence on our family as a children of God, we need to be peacemakers. Mm-hmm. We need to be the ones that aren't causing drama, that aren't getting angry and stomping off, as tempting as it can be, mm-hmm. that aren't mouthing off, but instead are the ones making peace, being kind, answering not, as the Lord did, you know? Right. Right. When the Lord was insulted, he did not answer back truth and and when we do those things we show ourselves to be children of god
0: now that excuse me that kind of plays into one thing um you may be looking forward to with some negative anticipation to the holidays because you know this is the time you're going to be confronted with relative x whoever it is who may be living in in blatant flagrant sin or they may have a longstanding grudge, or they may just be a very unpleasant person to have around, and yet you cannot avoid them at the holidays. How do you prepare for that?
1: Well, I think first you need to realize that that's not their problem.
0: Ultimately, you know, the fundamental problem of humanity is we're separated from God.
1: They need Jesus.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, people use that kind of as a line, but But actually the the truth is we are all in rebellion against God and and we all need forgiveness we all need redemption
1: that's the big problem they need jesus
0: And and so you know we have to we have to kind of coach our kids sometimes to say you know recognize that an unsaved person is not going to act like a christian you cannot expect it sometimes they Mm -hmm. do that's a wonderful blessing called common grace but you can't you can't look at somebody and say why don't they understand this? Well, you know what? The Bible says that the natural man, the one who's not in a right relationship with God, can't even perceive spiritual realities. They just yes. can't see it. And so you have to just expect that. I think one of the things, now this this sounds a little bit nuanced, but when we warn, don't have um, preemptive arguments in your head and get yourself primed for disagreement. But at the same time, if you know that this person is coming to your relate to your family celebration and you know that they have a hot button whatever it is that's a great time to think to yourself how can I avoid triggering this person how can I avoid my children doing something that later we have to have a serious conversation about
1: well I think we need to explain to mm-hmm. our kids it is not mm-hmm. their job mm-hmm. to judge to judge or criticize or rebuke adults right and you can say, look, I know that uncle such and such, You, we all know that he's in sin. Right. We all know that. And yeah. you know what, kids? He knows it. And we hmm. need, it is not your job to criticize him. Instead, when you want to say something, pray for him. Right. Pray for him and be kind to him and show him hospitality because that, from you is more likely to win him than your rebuke
0: and and we probably need to say that to our teenagers as well because they have oh my word the hypocrisy detector is strong with that one and and yet you need to say i know that maybe your heart is burning within you to say something very pointed here but this is not the time and place and you are not the person to say it to them Yes. You know, you were right in your reaction that you feel like this is an offense to God. Yes, it is.
1: But God is able to fight this battle without you, son.
0: And so, and so, you know what? You can talk to your kids ahead of time and say, look, you know, when, when Aunt Martha, we don't have an Aunt Martha, I'm picking a name at random. Yes. You know, when Aunt Martha <laughs> comes and she's going to want to talk about politics, please don't. Yes. Just, just, just let, follow mom's lead, follow dad's lead. You know, it's best if we don't have an argument about this, because guess what? We can't fix it at Thanksgiving dinner.
1: And so what are some things you can say? Yeah. You can say, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. You can say, thank you. I'll consider that. And that mm-hmm. says, I heard you. I'm taking you seriously. I will think about what you said. And it's my decision.
0: Right. Right. And so when your great, when your great uncle comes and for the 25th time says my word you're getting fat you need to lose some weight and then you can just smile and say blandly you know probably wouldn't hurt would it and and then just let it drop yeah okay don't don't get defensive don't say it's a glandular condition it may be but that's not the issue just let it go and so
1: you know purpose mm-hmm. that you want to glorify god in your relationships how mm-hmm. do you do that by being kind mm-hmm. by showing love hmm by showing interest in the other person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: by asking them how they're doing in their lives and considering it and praying for them, by treating others the way that you want to be treated. You know, if you're going into a situation where everybody believes differently than you, you don't want them jumping on you.
0: Well, and that's, and you know what, <clears throat> this is nothing to people who are, People who are in in some sort of ethical moral quandary or struggle or they're in rebellion against God or they're running from God or whatever, they, you know, they feel that. They get it. God's working on them, but they I tell you what, they don't find kindness in their life.
1: They the don't.
0: people they hang around with, the people that they naturally may choose to associate with, are not going to show them love. And when you can show love and kindness to somebody, even an unpleasant somebody, That can open doors.
1: Now, what we are not saying is to take Christ out of your celebration. Absolutely not. Okay, we're talking about personal one-on-one interactions. If the Lord moves you to share the gospel, share the gospel, but be kind, okay? Mm -hmm. But in your celebration, you should be glorifying God. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, sing the hymns, read the passages, Mm -hmm. talk about it, pray. And what's interesting to me is that our family members... Who don't know the Lord have loved those traditional aspects of our celebration, where we glorify the Lord, almost more than the rest of us.
0: Well, I think I think that God creates in all men a a desire to worship and a desire yes. for the transcendent. And you know, in our secularized uh, humanistic culture, an awful lot of that just gets written out of the script, as if oh, that's all just hocus pocus. It's it's make believe. Fairy tale type stuff, and yet in our <clears throat> in our heart of hearts, we're saying, I still feel this need for ritual. I feel this need for traditions. For meaning. There's some, something meaning that's missing in my life, and I've seen that even yeah, in some remarkable and unexpected places, where people respond to the invitation, come in and join our celebration. We are thinking about the transcendent God. We are worshiping the one who created us and sustained us and has blessed us through another year and you're invited. And it's amazing sometimes the reaction of people who who it's like, I've been hungering for this and I didn't realize it.
1: And when you are personally showing kindness and hospitality and love and worshiping the Lord and glorifying Jesus Christ in your celebration, it makes a very, very powerful draw to the gospel to your family and friends
0: we were just talking about this with somebody the other day and, and they they were explaining something something really bad that had happened in their lives and they through much struggle and prayer they they had been working to forgive the person that did it and their co-workers who knew about the situation were just astounded and they, and they were just they weren't you know arguing with them. They were just saying how, how can you do that how can you how can you be kind to this person I mean, they were really confused. How is that even possible? And that is a testimony.
1: Too much is given, much is required. Yeah,
0: you know, and and that's what you know. Somebody, somebody was talking about about the situation at work, and they were not a believer at the time, and and their boss was, and their boss, uh, their boss took took the blame for this employee's mistake, and the employee says, "How? Why?" And he said. Well, because I think about how much God has forgiven me and I'm a follower of Jesus. And now that I'm in a position, sometimes I get to take the blame for somebody else, just like he did for me. And that just I wow blew her out of the water.
1: And so folks, as we move into the holidays, mm-hmm. let's guard our relationships. Let the law of kindness rule our tongues mm-hmm. and look for an opportunity to glorify God in this. Right.
0: So look, we hope that you have a blessed Thanksgiving, a wonderful holiday. Remember, this is an error likely situation. You pray, <laughs> take a deep breath, but may God bless you in every respect, in all of your gatherings and in the preparation for them.
1: And head over to our site. Mm-hmm. We've got some amazing sales going on at raisingrealmen.com. Right. And we'd be grateful if you would review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio.
0: Oh, that would be awesome. Okay, look, we look forward to talking with you again. Sometimes we try to take biblical principles into 21st century family life. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash HalandMelanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.